This is episode 124, Answer Your Life's Calling and Fulfill Your Purpose with Michelle. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hello and welcome, everybody. I have two exciting announcements. First of all, stay tuned for a free Over It and On With It community that I'm going to be announcing either in Coach's Corner this coming week or in next week's podcasting episode. I am so excited about this and almost like, not almost, it does make me emotional. I just, I, I love this community so much. I get the most amazing callers and listeners and comments on Instagram. And I'm just getting a lot of questions and a lot of requests for support. And it like hurts my heart when I can't help everyone, (laughs) which is my thing to get over. Um, So me and my team, we've just been talking about new ways that we can support more people. And so we're going to be starting a free over and on with a community, more details to follow, but it's just another way for you to have more access, not only to me, but to each other. Because what I'm hearing from so many of you is that you feel kind of alone on your journey. Sometimes you feel like the black sheep of your family or your job or even the city that you live in. So I wanted to give you a way to have a tribe. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you're signed up at Christine. Hassler for my newsletter and I'll make the announcement on the show and also through my email list. Also, you've heard me talk about Australia. It's getting super close. I'll be there the entire month of February. We have the dates set up for the coaching workshop I'm doing. So it's a masterclass for coaches, health coaches, life coaches, finance coaches, any kind of coach that you are, transition coaches, career coaches, doesn't matter. If you're a coach in any way, shape, or form, or you want to be a speaker or retreat facilitator or author, any of those things, if you want to have a service-based business, please come to this retreat. It's February 10th and 11th in Sydney, in Surrey Hills to be exact. I'm going to put the link. It's an Eventbrite link, so it's too long of a link for me to say. I'm going to put it in the show notes, but you can also just go to eventbrite.com, search my name and events in Sydney, and the masterclass will pop up. I'm going to be talking about how to become a masterful coach, and I'm also going to be talking about how to really be a profitable coach. I started off as a coach in 2004. I've learned a lot. I know a lot. I want to save you from a lot of my mistakes. And like I've said before, when I started as a coach, no one knew what a coach was. And I know so many of you, Nas, one of your biggest obstacles is it's not as big of an industry as it is here in the States. But that is amazing because you have a golden opportunity. And I also hear from some of you that, oh, there are already too many coaches out there. No, there aren't. <laughs> we are in a time when people are going to be needing coaches more and more and more, not only needing, but wanting. So join me. We are capping it. We're going to keep it intimate. So you're going to want to sign up super fast, or as you say in Australia, straight away. So let's dive into this coaching call with Michelle. I love this coaching call because it's all about answering your call. It's all about really living into your purpose and your mission. And We get here in a very interesting way. At the beginning of the call, Michelle thinks she's asking me about why she keeps sabotaging herself, why she keeps quitting. And 
what you'll see is that she learned that she's not sabotaging herself at all. She's just not answering the call. So even if you don't know what your life calling is, you know when something is a hell yes or hell no. So I hope that listening to this episode helps you summon the courage to really honor your intuition and truth and stop keeping yourself in maybes, kind of, sort ofs, or situations where you're settling and you know it's just not right. Please don't wait for a hell yes to leave a hell no situation. Oftentimes you have to leave a hell no for the hell yes to appear. So as you're listening to this call, consider, are you in a soul-sucking job or relationship or city or home to something that isn't a hell yes? Is there something you'd love to do that seems totally random or unrealistic, but you just can't deny the pull? Do you want to make changes, but fear keeps getting in the way? You keep going to worst case scenarios instead of really knowing and trusting the universe has your back. And finally, was there an event or events in your childhood that are really big clues to what your purpose is today? Before we dive into this call, one of the things that helps me live into my purpose is self-care, which is why I love Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest delivers perfectly portioned frozen superfoods and soups straight to my door. I get my choice of smoothies, soups, breakfast bowls, or plant-based sundaes my favorite kind of Sunday. And why it's such a big part of my self-care is because it makes healthy eating easy. Look, I actually love grocery shopping. I love cooking, but there are days when my days are really full and I don't want to sacrifice my meditation practice to go and run and get something to eat or to spend extra time chopping up vegetables and washing them to make my smoothie. So that's why I love Daily Harvest because they make it super convenient. You can store the cups in your freezer until you're ready to make one. And it's so insanely easy to prepare. You just add water or coconut or almond milk and blend or heat. Smoothies take 30 seconds. Soups are ready in five minutes. And all of Daily Harvest produce is organic, unrefined, and looks as good as it tastes. You can actually see all of the whole ingredients when you open the cup. Things like cacao nibs, chunks of mango, whole raspberries, pumpkin seeds, and coconut meat. When I open the soups, like I love their tomato minestrone. It's like a tomato zucchini soup. And I see the tomatoes and the zucchini and the chickpeas. It's it's just like so fresh. So go to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code over it to get three free items in your first box. That's a really great deal. Three free items. Use the promo code over it for those three free daily harvest cups at dailyharvest.com. Again, dailyharvest.com. And now on to my coaching call with Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the show. What's your question? Hi, Christine. Thanks for having me. Um, my question is that I seem to have um, self-sabotaging ways of not starting things or or starting things but not finishing them. Um, I really feel a calling to go into um, hospice, um, not to be a nurse, but kind of just be there, I guess, in a spiritual way. Um, I don't really have anything that's happened in my life where I'm drawn to it. I just am. And I guess I just want to work through why I, you know, I come up with all these things in my head not to do it. And then I just don't go through with it. And other things can be 
um, like school, like I'll start it and then I'll stop it and then I'll start it and then I'll stop it. And I'm 37 and um, I'm a single mom with two boys. Mm, mm. Okay. Well, first of all, what a beautiful calling that you feel called to help people with their transition. That's, that's beautiful. How long have you felt that way? It's, it's weird. Um, I guess ever since I, I've been divorced. So 2013 and it's on and off. And I'll feel it so strong, but then uh, it's like always there. Even if I'm not paying attention to it, it's always there. And I almost feel like I have the option or I can choose to go down that path, but I don't have to. What do you mean you don't have to? Like, I just feel like it's meant for me to do but I don't have to do it. Like, like something other than myself is saying you could go down this path, but it's, it's, it has to be something I choose. Gotcha. Gotcha. To put my intentions towards. Okay. So let me ask you this. You mentioned the stop start pattern with school or whatever. Where else does that show up and how long have you had this pattern? I've probably had this pattern my whole life. I don't see it anywhere happening in my life other than my career choices. I'm actually in a job right now. It's, I'm not, I'm not happy and it's, it's a soul sucker. I, I like sit all day and I'm on a computer and that's just not who I am. So um, that's been hard. Um, I feel like if I'm in a, you know, I guess I've been like that with jobs as well. And if I'm in a position um, where I, I'm active, I think I'm happy if I feel like I'm, I'm helping people, I'm happy. Um, but I, I get, I get a little bit stuck when, um, I guess there's not a lot going on and I just want to leave. Okay. So is it true that you sabotage things and you can't finish things or is it more true that when something isn't in alignment or when something doesn't feel like a fit, you want to quit? Yes. I want to quit. Okay. Because it doesn't feel like it's in alignment. So why do you think that you sabotage things and can't finish things? I don't quite know some of it. I'd like to to, to say it's because I'm an Aries and it's one of our qualities. Well, no, but no, I guess no, I no, 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 put no. It all on that. You misunderstood the question. What I'm hearing okay. is something doesn't feel right anymore and you you opt out. But you're judging it as yeah. you sabotage stuff and you can't finish things. Yeah. So why are you looking at it through the lens of you're doing something wrong? I don't know. It's a good question. Who's looked at you through that lens in your life? So I think one thing, the only thing that I can think of that happened to me when I was younger is I was kind of young. I think I was like 11 or 12 and I worked for a pool and I was a helper for the swim classes for the younger kids. And I remember, I don't remember a lot of it, but there was a kid that was drowning and it was in, like, I was like just helping the teacher and they put it all on me that I did it, that like the kid was drowning because they put it on me and said it was because of me and they like brought my mom in and then they apologized and said that wasn't right. So that's the only thing. I can think of that happened to me. Did the child die? No. Okay. No. Okay. But do you understand that for an 11 or 12 year old to be accused of 
it being your fault that someone almost drowned. Do you understand that's a pretty big deal? Yeah. And what beliefs do you think you made about yourself in that moment? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm crying. That's okay. It's um, okay. Just said it was my fault. Mm-hmm. So if, if it's your fault that someone almost drowned, what does that mean about you? Um, I don't know that maybe I shouldn't have been, been there or I wasn't good enough. Yeah, I wasn't good enough. What other beliefs do you think an 11 or 12 year old would make? How old are your boys? Oh, nine. Okay. So kind I, of, they're twins. Kind of close to that age. So what other, so you understand the mind of a child. What other beliefs do you think a child would make? I'm not good enough. It was my fault. What else? Um, I don't, I don't know. Just, I don't know. And I, I'm a pretty sensitive person anyway. Yeah. So I think it just, um, it just probably built in a little bit of fear in me to, to do things. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and it's weird because I know now that it wasn't my fault. But yeah, like, am I carrying it with me? I don't know. It sounds like I am. Well, yeah. There's an awful lot of emotion that's coming up. Yeah. So if that 11-year-old in you could speak, what would she say? So go back to you've just been accused of... Uh, someone almost drowning on your watch. Just take yourself back, close your eyes, take yourself back to that 11-year-old girl, and what do you think she's feeling? What would she say? She was just saying, sorry, I can't, I can't believe it almost happened. Yeah. And, uh, and I never intended on um, anything to have to hurt someone and I wasn't aware of it going on. Mm-hmm. And what would your grown-up self say back to her? It's okay. It's not your fault. Mm-hmm. This this shouldn't have been put at you. Oh, okay. The child isn't hurt. Say that last part again. You got muffled. Oh, the child isn't hurt. The child wasn't hurt. Yeah. It was really important for her to know it wasn't her fault. Yeah. And it didn't happen because she's not capable or she's not responsible. And an 11-year-old yeah. shouldn't be responsible for watching people in a pool. It's a big job for an 11-year-old. Yeah, it was a, it was a weird incident. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you are such a sensitive person, I feel like you really took this on and you really took on, like, I almost killed someone. Someone almost died because of me. Yeah. So perhaps part of this calling, this inexplicable, this inexplicable call towards hospice has something to do with this incident. Maybe. Yeah. I never connected that. Can you see how they're connected? Yeah, and I never did. Yeah. How can you see they're connected? Because it has to do with passing. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And feeling this longing to be with someone when they're passing. It's like you want it, you want a different experience to someone almost dying. Because for you, someone almost dying was completely traumatic and it felt like it was your fault. So there's a part of you that wants to feel like someone almost dying. You can have a different experience with that, that you can be helpful, not harmful. Yeah. I don't know how I never connected that. It's funny. So we can look at this in one of two ways. We can look at it like there was this very difficult incident that still obviously is with you because of the emotion that's coming forward. And that's causing this desire to work in hospice. Or we can look at it as part of your life purpose, part of what you came here to do was to help people transition to death, which is the job of an angel. That is a very difficult job. And perhaps this situation was set up for you at age 11 so that this desire could be ignited within you. Wow. Yeah, that's, that could be. And maybe the reason you haven't finished anything is because none of those things are what you're here to do. Right. I've never had anything inside me like the way I feel about this. I've never felt that way about anything. That's pretty powerful, Michelle. Yeah. I, I am a very sensitive person, and I sound sensitive right now, but when I I can get in a different mode, I've, I've worked in healthcare, actually around patients that did pass, and I don't feel, I don't feel, not that I don't feel sad, but I can, you know, set boundaries and work in that environment. How do you feel? What is it like for you? In the environment? Uh-huh. What qualities come out of you? I don't know because I've never worked actually with the patient, but they were just around me. Um, and I just feel a sense of spiritual, you know, spirituality, um, like moving through me. And I, I think it just takes on a, another life form. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know, it just feels like serving. Mm. And I, I don't know a better feeling than that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I do have, I guess, other fears um, built around it. Um, and I and I seek out validation. Like, should I, should I do this when I, I think I should, I should just do it. <laughs> like almost walk through the threshold of just, just trust the process. What fears do you have? Um, being able to keep up with self-care because I think you'd have to do a lot of self-care going into this type of field. Um, and I guess self-care with the time. Like, I wonder how much time this is going to take uh, because I have my two boys and those are really my my dedicated space. Mm-hmm. And I question, do I... I guess this isn't a fear, but do I want this as a 
career or do I want it just to serve? Like I have to put food on the table. You know, I, I have all these things mm-hmm. in my head and it, it gets overwhelming. And then part of me just wants to say, just do it where it's going to lead you where it's going to lead you. Just do it. <laughs> That's what I would say to you. Really? Yes. Not because I'm this, you know, not because I, I know it to be true, but because of what you're saying to me, you said to me that something else comes over you. Yeah. Like this feels like a, a gift, divine purpose and something that was almost set up for you at 11 years old. Just out of curiosity, when that event happened, what exactly happened? Did you see him almost drown? Did you report it? What What exactly happened? You know, I don't. I don't remember. I. I. The only thing I can remember, remember, and I don't know if this is just in my head or I actually remember this. I remember looking over and the kid like doing like a doggy paddle, not drowning. Um, and then I just remember one of. The, it might have been the teacher in the class that was actually teaching. And I just remember her yelling at me and she put it all at me. Mm-hmm. And I just felt immediately shut down mm-hmm. and uncomfortable and scared. And um, then I think the director or something told my mom what happened. And um, she was upset. And then I remember going back and they were talking to me and saying, you know, this wasn't your fault. And, um, she, that person shouldn't have yelled at you and that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what's super important in this incident is for you to make sure that 11 year old knows that it wasn't her fault and she's not responsible for people's death or near death. Yeah. That's really important for you to know as you go in to pursue this. I almost feel Michelle that if you hadn't been there, he might've drowned. Really? Yeah. I almost feel like you have a a gift and you have a special relationship with, with death and transition. And on some level, like some part of you knew it wasn't necessarily his time. Mm-hmm. It was important for you to be there. Okay. And it was important for you to have this experience so that you could heal this and know that like, you're not responsible for saving people because notice if you're, if you're, if your sole purpose here is to help people die, can you see how important it is for you to know that you're not responsible for saving people? Yes. And if they die or almost die or whatever, it's not your fault. Yes. So as you go into hospice, it's like knowing that you're there to serve. You're there to do whatever is in the highest good. Yes. And that their life is not your responsibility. Yes. So what are you feeling now? I feel really, I feel a little bit of relief and I feel like, the way you connected it was, I can't, that's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I've never, I've lived with it 
<laughs> yeah, you just heard it and could connect that, and I haven't connected that. Well, maybe now you're ready um, to connect I it. Something I needed to hear. Yeah. yeah. Something you needed to hear was what? Yes. That what you what you told me is about just the connection of the eleven year old. Um, you know, needed to be in this situation for today to maybe transition um, people into passing away. Mm-hmm. Like this situation needed to happen mm-hmm. to hold it in my heart. Mm-hmm. Yep. Along with just the feeling of doing it. Yep. And so now it's time to answer your call. I can't imagine yeah. not answering the call that I felt to do this work. It would be painful. And I too, if I had not found this, started and stopped a lot of things because it just wasn't right. Yeah, and so you were able to remove yourself from judging yourself. That's cool. Eventually, yeah. yeah. When I finally accepted and and when I finally quit everything else and pursued this 100%. Everything got a lot more clear. Wow. So did you feel it like in you? Yes. Oh, (laughs) I can't explain it. I understand. Yeah. And I didn't know the form it would take. I just knew I loved this work. I didn't know how I'd support myself. I didn't know about the self-care. I didn't have two kids at the time. So that was a bit different or a lot different. (laughs) Kids do change things. Yeah. But here's what I know Mm -hmm. is that if I do have children, the fact that I live my purpose will make me a better mom. Yeah. And so what I would suggest you do is start exploring options, start talking to other people that work in hospice. And I have found that when you're doing something that feels like a calling and you said, you said to me, something almost takes over you. I I can relate to that. It's almost like something works through us. Yes. It's not even you. Exactly. You can't give credit to yourself. You have to totally remove your ego and give it to something else because it's not. Well, yes. And you have to acknowledge yourself that you showed up and said yes. That's so true too, yeah. you don't totally remove yourself. You, you work with spirit. You work with That's true. the higher power. It's a collaboration. Agreed. And what happens in that is that you don't end up depleted. So you get strength. For, yeah. Well, self-care is important. Like I just yes. taught a retreat this weekend for my mastery course. And I made sure last night that I had some body work and some time alone and I'm I'm taking a little time off today and I make sure that I have that. But honestly, in a lot of ways, it energizes me. When you do the work or you do your self-care? Both. Okay. That's probably another confirmation that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Exactly. And as you step into this, it will be an adjustment. There were times when I overworked or overcared, you know, got way too invested in people's lives and people's problems. And I had to have boundaries with my time, with my emotions, but those are all things that you learn. And so that's why it's super important to have mentors 
I would definitely okay. reach out, start to connect with people, people that have worked in hospice and, and start talking to people that have done it a while so that you have teachers, so that you have mentors. Okay. I really want to go. There's a international end of life doula association. Um, I want to go to San Francisco April 20th to do, it's like a three day certification training. What's um, stopping you? That's, um, Nothing in, I mean, I'm just starting to look into it, but I mean, I could put so many things in my head. Where am I going to come up with the money? How I'm going to fly, he flying, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to fly by myself. You know, I could just do it for days, but that's the thing. I just need to just do it. And if I know myself, if I really want something, I'll make it happen. Yeah. And I just need to make it happen. Yeah. And trust the process. Yeah. So every time that you go into the money, go into the fear, go into blah, 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 blah. I want you You're to, right. I want you to imagine a person, it can be a man or a woman, it doesn't matter, but almost come up with a person who is nearing their death and who is so terrified and so alone. And imagine you getting to be there with that person. And then imagine that person not having you there and having to go through it alone and be terrified. Yeah. What does it feel like to imagine yourself there? Serving, loving. It, that's what it feels. It feels like absolute love. And it feels like, wow, how humbling to be able to sit with someone during this time in their life, how humbling and beautiful. And how exactly perfect for me. This is what I'm here to do. Yeah. So from that place, how easy does it seem to get to San Francisco in April? Really easy. Yeah. Stay focused on your mission, on your purpose, okay. on your calling. Let that be your come from rather than the fear. And if you stay okay. focused on that, you'll be amazed at the miracles that show up. The universe wants to support us in living into our purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going in April. I'm going. <laughs> I don't care how I'm going. I'm going. Yes. Yes. And please let I, go of the belief. Yeah. You're not going to hitchhike. You're going to, you're going to get a plane <laughs> ticket. Where are you flying okay. from? Cleveland. Cleveland. You can get to Cleveland yeah. from Cleveland yeah. to San Francisco for not that much money. You can do it. Okay. You can okay. do it. I know you can do it. And I know. Yeah. Just, just keep visualizing your purpose. Keep saying yes to this. Please let go of the belief that you sabotage things and you're a quitter. That needs to go. You've quit things. Wow. You've quit things that weren't what you're supposed to be doing. No one's ever like said it before. Well, it's probably more that I hear it from myself. To to hear someone say, "Don't do that," mm -hmm. or that it was okay to quit things because I told myself it wasn't. It was totally okay, Michelle. 
They weren't what you were supposed to be doing. Yeah. Now go answer your call. Okay. <laughs> I will. I love that Michelle connected so many dots in this call and that she really, really is seeing that she has a call. You know, she's had a purpose. And from my perspective, it was something that started to emerge when she was 11 years old. You know, one of the big things we worked on was her limiting belief that someone almost died because of me. And that is such an important reframe for her as she steps into this calling because she never wants to feel responsible for someone else's life. That is their soul's job and God's job. That is not up to us. Now, I understand if you're a parent with young children, obviously you're responsible for keeping them alive and fed and all of those kinds of things. But in the big picture, when it comes to death and transition, we really don't understand the hows or the whys of this. And when she was talking about the situation, which obviously brought up a lot of emotion for her, and I'm so glad that emotion was able to come up because so many times our most challenging situations reveal our purpose. Maybe you've heard our karma becomes our dharma, meaning our karma, our biggest life lessons, translate somehow into our soul's purpose. I know so much of my suffering and my struggle has been so that I can have tremendous compassion for it. Not only that, so that I was motivated to find the tools to transform it. So part of my karma was I had to suffer to learn how to get out of suffering so I could live into my dharma, which is to teach other people how to get out of suffering. So that's why when I was helping her with the reframe of the incident that happened when she was 11, I said, we can look at it in one of two ways, a difficult incident that made you think you did something wrong, which is causing the desire to work as a hospice nurse or practitioner, which is more compensatory, right? Because if she looks at it from that angle, then it's more the angle of, well, I'm doing this to make up for something I did wrong. Also, that belief that it was her fault and she did something wrong, I think is part of what's keeping her in these soul-sucking jobs is because if we think we've done something wrong, then it perpetuates a misunderstanding that we're unworthy or undeserving in some way and have to suffer. So it's like she's continuing to do penance for this thing that wasn't even her fault by keeping herself in these soul-sucking jobs and really repressing her true calling. So the reframe that I offered her is you can look at the situation that happened when you were 11 as a setup. You came here to help people transition and perhaps that situation was that setup for you so this desire could be ignited within you. Now, I said maybe that if she hadn't been there, he wouldn't have drowned. I have no idea if that's true or not. I don't understand how God works at all. So I have no idea if that's true. However, I felt like it was important to give her a miracle, a change in perception, just a different way to look at it so she could really lighten up how much weight and how much she was still carrying the emotional heaviness of that. I wanted her to have more of a spiritual perspective on it than, than an emotional perspective. So the other thing I want to talk about, and this is so important for all of you, is oftentimes you're trying to change something about yourself rather than changing the circumstance you're in. Now, I know you've heard me say over and over again that it's an inside job, 
But sometimes we're just not in the right situation. We're just not in the right relationship or career. And it is time to go. Like she said, she was judging herself so harshly for not finishing something. And she felt like she was sabotaging her career and quitting and all those things. When the truth was, she was just not honoring her calling. She's just not in the thing that's most aligned, the thing that's the biggest fit. And this doesn't just apply to careers. It's relationships where you live, you know when something's a no. And like I said in the intro, sometimes you have to say no before the hell yes appears. Don't wait for certainty, but don't sit there thinking you have to change yourself, that you're a quitter. If you just haven't been doing the things that aren't in alignment with what you really want to be doing, like I shared with Michelle, I was in a lot of jobs just trying to make something work, even my very successful career in Hollywood. But I just knew at my core, it wasn't right. Does that make me a quitter or does that make me someone that really listened to my intuition? I wouldn't be here today if I hadn't quit or failed at a lot of other things. Let me say that again. I wouldn't be here today doing this if I hadn't quit or failed at a lot of other things. So when it comes to making these decisions, please don't seek out validation from outside sources. Your inner knowing, your inner no, or your inner yes to something else is validation enough. So like I said to Michelle, move out of fear and move into faith. Stop imagining worst case scenarios. Know that when you take action that's in alignment with your inner knowing, with your gifts, with your dharma, the universe will support you. One thing that Michelle said that I just want to, mm, not correct, but bring our awareness to, is she said that you know when it comes to her work, she can't give credit to herself and she has to totally remove her ego. That's not true. Yes, we're co-creators. And yes, so much of the work I do, spirit's definitely involved, but I'm not a straight up channel. <laughs> I'm still here. Like there's still Christine. There's still the ego of Christine. Our ego gets a bad rap. It's not a bad thing. And so you want to move judgment out of the way. You want to move attachment to saving the person or having the best advice or thinking you're God. You want to move that out of the way and know that you're a co-creator. So that part of the ego, as if I'm doing this and I'm saving this person and I know or whatever, that needs to go. But our healthy ego, the part that shows up and is like, I'm all in, I'm willing to be present, I'm willing to serve, we need that part of the ego. And Michelle, if you're listening to this call and you haven't registered for that training that you talked about in San Francisco, get on the computer right now and register for it. The more you, Michelle, or anyone listening pass up opportunities like that, the fewer show up. So when these opportunities come on, jump on them and let your purpose be your come from, not your fears. Like I said, the universe wants to support us in living into our purpose. So some assignments for you, write down all the situations in your life. And if anything's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Even what you're wearing right now, is it a hell yes? Do you feel good in it? If not, go change your clothes. Stop settling. And if you're wondering what your purpose is and you don't know, and this call is like kind of frustrating for you because you're like, but I don't know what my calling is. How's the universe going to support me? Our calling shows up in lots of different ways. But one thing that you can do is go get expectation hangover and work through the life lessons exercise. It'll help you connect the dots. 
Also work with any limiting beliefs that are keeping you in fear and allow the universe to surprise you. Start asking the universe for things to show you little nudges of when you're on the right track, to show you those yeses. And I have a really awesome journal coming out soon that will help you really become a co-creator with the universe. Before I sign off, I want to talk to you about one more thing when it comes to answering your calling. You want to also make sure you're setting it up as a business so it can be sustainable and profitable for you. And a big part of that is being super organized with the way you handle the logistics of your biz, which is why I love FreshBooks. FreshBooks makes cloud accounting software for creative professionals that's so straightforward to use, you'll save hours every week and have more time to let your creativity flourish. If that's not enough incentives, the FreshBooks platform has been rebuilt from the ground up. They've taken simplicity and speed to an entirely new level and added powerful new features. I can't cover them all, but things like sending a branded invoice in under 30 seconds and enabling online payments in two clicks is a good place to start. There's also a new projects feature where you can invite employees or contractors to collaborate and easily share information, files, and updates. If you're listening to this and not using FreshBooks yet, now would be the time to try it because FreshBooks is offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial to all of my listeners. No credit card required. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash Christine and enter over it and on with it in the how did you hear about it section. Again, freshbooks.com slash Christine and enter over it and on with it in the how did you hear about us section. All right. That's the show for today. Much love and many blessings, everybody. Hey guys, it's Caitlin Bristow with Off the Vine. Last year was so great and I'm kicking off the new year with a bang. I'm adding a mini episode each week. I'm going to answer your questions, take your confessions, and just so much more. So check out new episodes of Off the Vine every Tuesday and the new mini episodes starting Thursday, January 11th, exclusively at podcastone.com and the Podcast One app. Plus, remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps me out. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 